Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings. You can come here any morning you please or evening or whatever That's else. Right, but we're here on Sunday. We're here Sunday mornings and we banter about life and business over breakfast and like we said, coffee and mimosas. So thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you get some value out of our show today and keep tuning in. All right. And here we go. Here we go. dancing over here thank you listeners welcome to episode five our commitment to you or my Your commitment to them <laughs> <laughs> was that i would have yes a new song that i would put together and dad you delivered thank you because i don't want to disappoint you because i'm as scared as you as i am a mom so it's I, okay that is that is how we designed this <laughs> that's right <laughs> But dad, it's so good. So hopefully everybody is enjoying our new little ditty on the entrance. And if yeah, you want know. the drum beat back, we still have it. Dad, you want to bring it back for old time's sake real sure, quick? Sure, because you, you could have this. It's still there. <laughs> I kind of like it, actually. All right, shut it down, dad. <laughs> Love it. So in the comments, give us a comment. Let us know which one you want. Yeah, do you like that? Do you want the drum beat back? Or Joe playing the guitar. Yep. Or a different melody. If you want a different melody, then I'll play the guitar to a different melody. If you want me to play something that I, I have no talents, so it it's really the guitar or the drum beat. <laughs> <laughs> or I could bring it to the band. You know, the entire band could record something too. So let us know whatever yeah, you want. We're very open. All right. But anyway, Dad, yes. thank you for doing that. You're very welcome. Um, I appreciate you delivering on my commitment to the listeners. <laughs> so welcome. everybody, welcome to episode five. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that is very relevant in my world. I am a sales leader and have been in sales my entire career. So um, the whole 13 years of it. And right now is a very unique time to be in the sales profession. It's a very unique time to be to be in business in general, or just life, right? With the pandemic, work from home, virtual selling, and all of that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the positives and negatives of remote selling. And different tools that or approaches that we have taken or see that can help you to effectively sell in a little bit of a dynamic and remote environment. So I think that this will be a lot of fun this morning. Yeah, I, th I think it's relevant, but also relevant in, in a few years. And it's actually interesting because I don't think this is going to change. Mm -hmm. I think companies are getting used to digital, whereas even companies that were probably a little bit more apprehensive to embracing virtual office environments and whatnot have been thrust into that over the last year. And with that, it's really catapulted, I think, just the digital transformation forward. Mm -hmm. So I expect even after things, you know, normalize, whatever that looks like, we're going to be doing a lot more digital selling because people have realized how efficient it can be. And right. that, That's you true. know, it's kind of the cost benefit of what 
companies used to pay for travel and entertainment and all of that, the cost benefit of how much they can get out of their people probably right. far outweighs the additional value of, yeah, of getting out it, there in person. It's very true. So Christina, uncovering needs, as you mentioned, that's critically important for you to apply your solutions to a potential prospect and hopefully make them a customer. I'm going to just tell you a brief story from my uh, childhood. And These are my favorite. Don't, don't laugh. You know, it was not one like the Flintstones cars and stuff <laughs> like that. But I'm um, glad that you're making fun of yourself for I have this to. now. I'm trying to control that. You're trying yeah. to get. You're trying exactly. to like thwart me. You're trying. Exactly. To, you're trying to get there first, and I appreciate that. No, anytime. <laughs> I'm glad I'm making you happy multiple ways. This <laughs> so when I was in high school, one of my jobs I had was in Carvel, and actually probably one of the best jobs I ever had. I can see why. Oh my God, I love ice cream. You still spend enough time there that I'm surprised it's they haven't great. employed you. That's right. One night. After I left, I was in high school, I'm maybe 16 years old, and I would work there after school, and we closed at 10 o'clock. And this one night, evidently, when I got home from school, my mom said that when dad gets home, the police wanted to talk to me because evidently, the Carvel was robbed the night before, like the night I was there. I have a brief question. Oh, they only took Did ice cream and it was in my money freezer. Or no. ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if, if, if they were robbed of money, then I would cross you off the suspect list. Exactly. If, if it was like, you know, all of the ice cream powder and everything was missing, I feel like it's you. Yeah. I could just imagine my mom saying, So does that have anything to do with those gallons of ice cream in the freezer? <laughs> so uh, I will never forget, Dad took me to the police station. And I wasn't a suspect, but I was the last person there. So I, I remember I'm sitting there and the police officers said, so tell me about what happened, you know, like your night. Tell me about your night. So I said, well, you know, I worked till 10 o'clock. I closed around 10 o'clock and I locked the front door and the Carvel in Bergenfield was on Washington Avenue and had a big picture window, you know, big window in the front. And the side of the building was an alleyway out to the back uh, parking lot. And there was a door there. And what I would do would be when I was done, I would go out the alleyway door, lock it and go home and walk home because I couldn't drive yet. And I remember telling them that, well, I locked the door and I have a list of, you know, clean the counters, clean the machines, mop the floors. And I left maybe quarter to 11 or so and walked home. I didn't notice anything. And I remember he then asked me, did you see anybody there suspicious or anything different? And I said, you know, no, I had some customers before 10 and so on. Asked me maybe two or three other questions. And then I'll never forget. He says, so tell me what happened, like what you did at the end of the night, like when you closed. And I'm thinking. You're having, de you're like deja vu. Yeah, I looked at my dad. <laughs> I was like are you stupid you just i didn't say this like, i didn't this say guy it have amnesia? Guy had a big gun next to him i wasn't <laughs> gonna have but i said to myself you just asked me that question so i described again i have a list i clean the machines the counter i mopped the floor went out the alley locked the door and i walked home well christina the reason i'm bringing this story up is that probably in that interview they've asked me every question at least three times. And 
Later on, as I got into business, I learned the power of questioning. And basically that people don't give you every detail the first time you ask a question. And then the second time you get maybe some more details and so on. And that helped me, and I know it helps you in prospecting and finding out. But now today where you can't be there with a prospect, you can't see them, you see their face, but you can't see the body language, you can't see the building they're in, the office, and so on. Maybe could you talk to what selling today so I love has that to do with story. that? I love that story because it's funny when you think about it that way. Um, so much of, so many professions are related. So you're talking about, and I think it's funny because you and mom used to say that you thought I was going to be a detective or a reporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, these were the things that you like, were a questioner. Let me tell oh, you. Yeah. Oh, always had mm -hmm. way more questions than answers. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, and still, <laughs> but it's funny because detectives, I mean, you go down the list of, of professions that if you're going to be good at what you do, doctors, it, mm -hmm. it really requires that you're asking all the right questions in order for you to come to what the solution is. But not accepting the first answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think in sales, I have my MO and this was kind of like, I would say really started as I went from working as an account rep into the business development function, because as a business developer, you're doing a lot more, I would say, collaborative selling, where it was trying to expand existing accounts and relationships that we had or trying to really elevate the sale. So I would go with a lot of reps to their accounts and we would be talking about whether it was a business review or talking about a new solution that we had. And um, <laughs> I used to get all the time the rep and, and some of these people had been doing this for years. They would have a look on their face of just, are you going to... The, the customer is going to freak out because you're asking, so, you're many asking so many questions. <laughs> yeah. And they used to say, like, I, I could feel, I could see their just like apprehension with the number. These the, are your colleagues that are apprehensive. Yeah. Right? With yeah. the volume of questions. Right. But it, it wasn't that it was an interrogation. It was that people have gotten conditioned. And I think salespeople have gotten conditioned that the customer wants me to come to them and have the answers. But you can't have the answers unless you know the full story. And I think what a buyer appreciates, and I think what a lot of my counterparts or other salespeople that I was working with came to appreciate was just the difference of the experience of that meeting versus the meetings where they came and had an agenda and we said we were going to come and talk about this today. So let me tell you about this. And then, so what do you think? Or, you know, the age old question, tell me about your initiatives, right? Or mm -hmm. just like the cliche stuff that everybody, every seller asks or delivers and then asks, what do you think the next step should be? So right. I would always really dig into details and I would start it off and I would make fun of myself. Like, I am an incredibly curious person and I'm going to ask a lot of questions and is that okay with you? And, and then try and really get at the full environment. And I would ask questions that weren't related to the product or even, you know, necessarily exactly what we sell specifically, because I was always trying to get at what is the big picture and what is ultimately the outcome that 
you're looking for. Just, I, I like to use the phrase, what does utopia look like? And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to have anything to do with us. Like in your department, right? So, I mean, I don't, I can't solve right, your, the pain I can't solve so. your problems at home and all that, right? Right, right. But like, let's call it a marketing department. In your marketing department, what does utopia look like? Or what are the biggest challenges that you deal with from day to day? Or what does a day in the life look like? And then digging into that. What are the technologies that you use today? It doesn't matter if it's related to what we do or not. Because if I can understand the technology landscape, if I can understand the distribution channel that you sell through, if I can understand the challenges that you deal with in reporting and all of that, then maybe there's an outcome that I can get you to through different things that we bring to the table by being creative there. But it was always funny because at the end of these meetings, the customer nine out of 10 times opens up, enjoys talking about themselves, mm-hmm. loves that we want to learn about them because if we know about them, then we can solve their problems. Yeah, and they, told, they probably told you far more than you oh, ever expected. Oh, we learned so much, you, you know? Right. You learned so Which much. Which could be new opportunities. Yes. For you. And then I would have some of these reps that would be like, can you come in and do what you do with all those questions? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like, people want to have a conversation, but well, people want to work with people that want to understand them. True. And I think you're the three step or however many asking questions different ways. It's so true because you can ask a question that's a yes or no answer and learn nothing other than yes or no. Mm-hmm. You can ask a question with an open end that gets you some information. But I think to your point of the Carvel interrogation, if you ask the same question three different ways, you may get a little more detail each time that gives right. you a bit more context that you can use. Yeah. One one thing that always frustrated me with a potential, you know, vendor or business partner when they would come in and they they're going to make me proud, right? And do research. And one thing that bothers me is when they say to me, I've done some research on your company and I think I have a good handle on and I'm thinking, how could that possibly be? I mean, you want, what'd you do? Go to a website? <laughs> uh, what'd you do? Look at our financials? Uh, like, what but, research could you have possibly done for my area? But I have a question about that. Yes. I have a question about that because I think that's, so you want to have prepared and it's you want to have to done. It's to be prepared, correct. But wouldn't you, so isn't it all about the way things are said? Mm-hmm. Because if somebody came to you, if I said, hey, Joe, I took the liberty of doing some research and here's what I believe. um, Here's what the research tells me about your company and about the industry and some of the challenges that you may be dealing with. Can you validate this? Let me know. I mean, is this your experience? Right. That would be. Isn't that a different like now you're like, okay, this person has done their homework and maybe there's something there, but it gives you a jumping off point for you to then educate them on. Well, this is the real reality. What you just said you could do. Or and that's valid, or you could. But do, is that still annoying? And I'm I'm genuinely asking you. No, no, no. That's fine. It's not it's not as annoying as what I said. So you know, it's that's still much annoying. Better. You don't want somebody <clears throat> to have. No, I, you should do the research, but ask the questions. To your point, ask all the questions and then say, "Okay, that's interesting. Help me out here. I did a bunch of research, you know, on LinkedIn, and I looked at your company and D and B and your website." What you said about this, this, and this, how does that relate to this macro initiative? Because the problem yeah. with the research is it's a macro initiative. But if you're coming to sell me um, software for my department, you're not going to find any of that information on 
and I'm going to share with you proprietary information that we have, right? Yep. So your research couldn't possibly matter to me necessarily. I'm just glad that you you did a little bit of research. Right. And got to know me and spend some time, not me, but the company. But I think you're right, because sometimes when people and I've been in meetings where somebody has been trying to sell us a new solution or research or something that can help in prospecting and they come in and tell us what our, com you know, your company is. And sometimes they don't even know <laughs> the business unit structure, no. nothing. And it's like. I just sat through five minutes of you telling me where I work, and it's not accurate. And it's not accurate. Exactly. <laughs> it couldn't possibly be accurate. So do the research, 100%. Throw it up there as like a, hey, let's validate this. Can exactly. you tell me tell me about what I should know? Yeah, you know? and if you want to go on LinkedIn and find out something about me, let's say it says that I play in a band and you want to use that to make some small talk, that's all fine. Right. But don't now like... Assume you know, that assume that's what that you're that's, dealing with. That's correct. I believe every situation has challenges and opportunities. What are some of the opportunities that Zoom meetings for everything that we have now is all a Zoom meeting and all that? Give me some of those that are, you feel. So I will say this. I actually think there are a ton of positives that this environment has created. The biggest challenge is oftentimes that the people that are in these roles myself included we were not built for desk jobs <laughs> mm -hmm, right so a lot of it is just the reframing and getting used to a new environment of how to work and getting that personal interaction where you can so i do think the negative is less about Naturally, there's a little bit more of a challenge to getting at that human connection. And depending on how different people operate, it can be a little bit harder. But I do think there's probably more positives than negatives about what we're dealing with right now. And I'll tell you why. So one absolute positive, and I think every positive has its natural negative point as mm -hmm. well. So a natural positive would be the ease and speed of getting together and being able to connect with people. That is so true. Correct. Right? Yep. I think I mean think about you have an initiative going on, we're all available 20 well 20 whatever. Well. <laughs> within 8 hours eight a day. To, 8 to <laughs> 6 or whatever that is, right? Right. On a Teams, a Zoom, whatever. And you can have a direct connection where we could be looking kind of eye to eye mm -hmm. in a moment's notice. Right. So being able to gather groups of people together across mm -hmm. yeah, you know, all different yeah. geographies right. or the world has become a lot easier. And I think also connecting with people with more frequency. Yes. People are much more likely to turn their camera on now. I think in the past it was much less likely that you would get on a call or a web meeting with mm -hmm. a customer and their camera be on. Right. Now people look at that as a way to, this is now a face-to-face -face meeting. Yes. Yeah. So I think a lot more people are turning their cameras on. So people that I had never seen before, mm -hmm. and that's even internally, right? I, I have made so many new relationships and friendships over the course of the last 12 plus months because of video being on because right. otherwise it was just a phone call within your own company within even. my own company yeah. so i think you know just connections as a whole and that goes 
same way with customers. I agree with you. And that's been my experience also is where we would have a vendor, let's say in Texas, and and they have a, a partner that they're bringing in from California. They could now it's like, uh, yeah, how about this afternoon? We'll we'll get a group together and let's see if we can resolve this. Right. And then I, I think there's also an ease of flexibility and sharing that can happen at the drop of a dime where, you know, I've been on plenty of meetings where there's been an agenda and we're sharing, let's say, something that we've prepared. And then the customer starts talking about some of their initiatives and they're like, you know what, let me pull up. Let me pull up the a deck of our brand plan for or our marketing calendar. And that can all happen in immediacy where yep. sometimes you'd be sitting in a room together and it's like, oh, well, I have that at my desk. Maybe I can grab it after. Exactly. And that would have been a follow up. But exactly. now, now it can be dealt with and everybody can talk about it now. Yeah. So Great. I think a lot more there's a lot more that can happen dynamically. Mm-hmm. Now, the flip side of that is every technology has its natural challenges. <laughs> right. So we've all gotten on those meetings where, you know, somebody can't get in or somebody can't share or somebody plays the video and there's no sound. So there's that, that you have to mm-hmm. kind of work through. But the same thing happened when we were in front of people uh, in, yeah. in rooms too, a computer crashes, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then I think the other thing is just people's time because you can get online and connect at a moment's notice there are no gaps. I think people are not having enough time for just the deliberacy. Is that a word? No, it's not. <laughs> I was looking at you like, what the heck did she just say? I mean, it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't make up a word to throw in there. Being deliberate. We're going to do a recap episode of of the words that Christina says that are I'm gonna not words. I'm going to create a dictionary. <laughs> deliberate. Mimosa's guide to, to the English language. Now, now you know why coffee not that i say anything intelligent but at least it's coherent but she's drinking mimosas and you know stuff happens yeah so being deliberate that's probably how you should say that right being deliberate and planning and taking time to just mentally change gears is something that gets lost in the current environment because you're running from one thing to the next another so like where you may have been able to in the past have let's call it three meaningful customer face-to-face engagements a week because of travel and all of the other stuff that goes along with it, you could now have three in three hours, I was going to say in the whole afternoon, right? Three in an afternoon Mm -hmm. where you still have to prepare and there's all of that that goes into it and just making sure that you've got time allocated for yourself for planning so that you can make the most out of each of those engagements. Right. Because I think that's so it's like the good and the bad, right? You can do a lot more, but Mm -hmm. you can do a lot more. And you have to with doing a lot more, you need to make sure that you're still delivering an impact. Right. Right. Very good. So I think that's one thing. Um, The other thing I'll say is you can and and this is something that I have found. You have to find a way in those virtual engagements, because when this all started, I think used to have a lot of conversations about how if we could just go to dinner together and talk out of the office, we'd be able to get a lot further, understand who we are as humans and connect on a different level yes. to understand, is this a person I trust, somebody that I want to work with and just get a little bit more context outside of the corporate you know, line of answers and learn a little bit more maybe about the political alignment and things that you need to know in order to effectively build a deal together. That is harder, for sure. 
But I think that the whole virtual environment has created an opportunity where when everybody has their cameras on, you've got people that are working in their homes. Some of them are working in kids' bedrooms that right. or an office. Some have a home office. But you're able to see different things. Like, I mean, look for things in the surroundings. So you may not be in an office where you can comment on, you know, the conference room. But you might see something hanging on the wall and say, oh, I didn't realize that you were big into golf or I have my husband collects these pop figures and somebody saw like Captain America behind me <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, or Kevin from the office with his pot of chili. And it's sometimes I'll bring that into, I think, be quirky, be authentic and address the elephant in the room. We're all in this just hamster wheel of virtual meetings and being from home and it gives you an opportunity to set yourself apart. So, well, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you, no, but, but but I think that's a great point, and it, it really what you just said just really hit me, because you said so. If we went out to dinner and we had a couple of drinks, you would get to know someone on a different level. But you're and you're saying, well, we can't do that now, but find the cute thing that shows up in the video, or or if you have that in your video and someone comments, don't be embarrassed, but use it to make yourself more human and connect or help the prospect connect with you in that regard. And it almost accomplishes the same thing. Exactly. And I think so many people are always trying to like sterilize their environment. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got to, I have to make sure that everything looks perfect or kind of whitewash the walls. But it's like, let people know what, who you are. And I think that quirkiness and being a little weird. Everybody likes a weirdo. Yeah. I, at least, I mean, I'm a weirdo, so I love another weirdo. No, 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 I do too. And I, and I like, you know, when people are relaxed about it and can can joke. And I think that makes a connection. Yeah. bring. Um, I mean, everybody, you know. how many calls do you get on where it's like, wouldn't it, I welcome in my day somebody that just gives me an opportunity to laugh or just mm -hmm. feel well, and light and, and normal and for even back. five minutes before we get into business. Exactly. And I'm going to loop back to your questioning aspect where we talked about someone who does research and all that. Be humble. I mean, I, I don't know, even if I did the research, you know, like you said, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You know, uh, I'm being I'm asking you questions because I'm humble. I don't know. And I really want to give you the best solution. So I'm, I need to know. Yeah. And I think being outward about, I might not have a, this is what we talked about potentially talking about today, mm -hmm. but whether or not it's a fit for you, I, I want to understand what's going on in your world because that way I will be able to tell you, is this something that will help you get right. there or, or not? Or not. And you, and so basically the, the bottom line here is we use the tools that we have available with the restrictions that we have in place and we can make that work if we if we remain connected, if we remain humble, if we laugh at ourselves and, you know, allow these meetings to be as they would be if we were together and someone tripped or someone, totally, you know, <laughs> dropped the, their drink on the floor, you know, water or whatever. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you can probably attest to this and it's probably a good and bad thing, but I think same for you. I'm the same person, whether I'm with friends, I mean, with, with some caveats, yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes wine is involved and then, but like, we're the same people and I'm the same person. I have the same quirks, whether I get on the phone with people from, from work with new customers, um, on this podcast, 
<laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> with family. And I mean, it, people people just want to get to know who you are. And I think so mm. many people like they're like, oh, I have to have my like work identity and persona and I have to have my you know the hat that I put on for this and it's yes you need to talk a little bit more professionally in that setting or you need to you need to bring the experience or the I'll call it nuances that that part of your life requires Mm -hmm. but just being you and being authentic in everything that you do I think you can't go wrong right so basically we don't have to if I go back to my Carvel interrogation (laughs) We don't have to do a police interrogation with people. Right. But we do have to ask questions, the same question multiple times. Be real. Be humble. Be quirky. Laugh. Yes. And the term I like to use is that you have then earned the right. Exactly. To get the information from the prospect or whatever. You've earned that right because the motives are correct you're human, you've connected, and people will then give you and give it to you straight and tell you, here's what I'm really trying to do. Well, and they recognize that you're giving it to them straight. You're a person, you're coming to them. And it doesn't mean you need to prepare. You need to, you need to prepare. Like before meetings, I write out an outline of what I want to accomplish. And I write out questions that I want to, and, and those questions are detailed so that it's not, it's a it's an open question. I'm writing questions out so that I have these things in my mind before I start so that I know where to go and take things as the conversation evolves. And as you do more and more of that, then it gets to be more and more natural that mm-hmm. you just know where to go next. But you need to have questions written out in a way so that you're able to ask good questions that allow people to provide a good answer also. Right. And know where you're going. Right. Because you, you yeah. that's the other problem is I, as your prospect, may go off off the rails, yeah. um, and and give you start giving you information that isn't relevant to what. Well, and you won't get anywhere. People is. aren't going to answer questions if it's not natural. If you ask a bad question, you'll get a bad answer. And if you ask a thought provoking question, sometimes you they may what did you mean? And then you need to clarify and ask it again. And it, you'll know if the answer that you got didn't fit what you were looking for. No, so right. then you've got to think about how do I ask that question again so that I get the answer that I need. Right. Right. This was excellent. It was a lot of fun, Dad. And I do have to tell you that they did not find any ice cream in my freezer. and That's because you ate it all. Before. I, <laughs> you ate the evidence. <laughs> and I did not steal from the Carvel in Bergenfield when I was 16 years old. What about any other Carvels? No, 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 the Carvels. No. And I, I have to ask, Dad, because I'm, I'm going to assume the answer is yes. That was probably the first and last time you were ever interrogated by police. Yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> that's exactly correct. Because you've always been a very upstanding individual. Yeah, I have never, other than actually chatting with a police officer because I was asking directions, <laughs> I have never been in question, interrogated by the police. So that was the first and last time. <clears throat> that was it. 16 years old at Carvel. Mm-hmm. Now you've bought your... He does go on Wednesdays when they do the two-for-one Sundays. Yeah. Carvel's not sponsoring this, but <laughs> buy one, get one free on Wednesdays So for Sundays. Yep. Exactly. Free yeah. Sundays on Wednesdays. That's it. All That's right, it. Dad. Well, this was a lot of fun. This hopefully, Hopefully you all got something out of this. If you take one thing away, it's keep being human. Be yourself. Um if you're if you're an unpleasant individual, then maybe be a little better. <laughs> maybe be a little better than yourself. But. 
that's why we, we have mimosa here so she says stuff like that that's that's great and uh and and remember ask questions multiple times so we're gonna sign off we're gonna give you that melody again and we would love your comments on that melody or if you want to hear something else and if you have recommendations for topics or things that you want to hear about send them on in that's it www.morningcoffeeandmimosas.com there you go wherever you are whatever your story thanks for spending time with us this morning now go and make a difference in your world <laughs> just one last time for good measure <laughs> we want to make sure you have the melody down thanks everyone this is great we really appreciate you being here bye we're having fun Hope you are too. <laughs> <laughs>